Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you for joining us on episode five of The Soccer Scene with Sport and Limerick. Delighted once again to be joined by Jason and Noel O'Connor to discuss all things both senior and junior football this week on the podcast. Noel, Jason just mentioned the upcoming game with Cove Ramblers. That's coming this Friday at St. Colman's Park. Cove have actually switched, as we mentioned before, their games from Saturday to Friday evenings. Some might say that's surprising, I suppose, considering, you know, Cork City also play on Fridays too, and it might take away from the crowd. But, you know, 3D are actually unbeaten in their, their time against Cove, uh, a decent record against them with, with two wins and a draw. Cove, Ren Wexford very close. They will have been very disappointed, actually, not to come out uh, with at least a point anyway, Noel. And I suppose, looking at it, they'll, they will say that they have, they'll have chance to cause... Serious problems to, to treaty, you know, which which maybe people wouldn't have predicted beforehand, considering the game so close to being victorious in their first game. Yeah, but then like they were a goal up at home, you know, on a couple of occasions and ended up losing three two. Um, we did see Wexford's attacking prowess ourselves, you know, while while creating chances, even though they didn't convert them. Obviously, they've scored three goals away from home. Um, form can be a bit topsy probably at the start of the season, but overall, and we go back to our predictions uh, of Cole finishing in the bottom two and Treaty finishing, you know, in the top four. Um, I, I'd stick with that and I'd say, you know, despite what happened last week, I think it's a little bit about, like that loan game, I'd be having Treaty down as very, very strong, strong favourites. And I think that um, they're pretty nailed on to pick up those three points next uh Friday night, not without a battle, but I, I, I think that they'll be certainly good enough and canny enough to, to get the three points. Yeah, it's certainly always a battle, Jason, at St. Coleman's Park. Tommy Barrett would have been, as we said, already disappointed not to play last week. Now he's coming off the back of not having a game with his squad. And then, you know, Cove maybe having a game last week, it might help them in that respect, although both teams have only played one match at the start of, of this season now uh, with the disruption. I suppose, look, as Noel said, Treaty will be clear. Probably favourites again is cut into this um, week, like they would have been with that loan last week. Do you expect, Jason, that I know that Tommy has said there's no fresh injury concerns outside of there's still a bit of a, a concern over the likes of Jack Lynch, but do you expect there to be any changes to the team that Treaty pick for this game from the Wexford game? No, um, I wouldn't think so, Adrian. I think it'll probably be very much the same again. Um, Cove, obviously, on the back of that defeat to Wexford, as no one said, they were ahead twice. Um, the, the last centre-back, Brendan Frahill, obviously, um, to a red card for that handball in the 89th minute, which cost them the result, really. Uh, looking at it, it was a 4-3-3 formation they played. Um, O'Brien Whitmarsh, obviously, leading the line for them. They still have Conor Droyne, and he came off the bench for them. Jack Larkin got off the mark for them last weekend as well against Wexford. But look, Treaty will certainly be be expecting to, to win the three points. If they go with the same 11, that should be strong enough um, to get the result. We've heard Tommy say a couple of times that he doesn't set targets for, for the team. But look, Noel will tell you and, and I'll tell you, inside dressing rooms and especially in, in the, the position Treaty are in, in reality, it's games against Cove against Wexford, Longford, Bray, Athlone. They're big target games for Treaty to go and get three points in. 
then obviously when they come up against the, the full-time outfits, the Galways, the Corks, the Waterford, they're kind of bonus games, Adrian. But look, away to Cove on Friday, I wouldn't say it's a must-win game, you know, but if you're setting targets, which they certainly will be behind closed doors, they'll be targeting this game for three points. And, and look, if in the current can can carry on the form he showed against Wexford, um, obviously they need to be a little bit tighter at the back. Um, but look, there's no doubt with that 11 they played against Wexford, if it's the same again, I think they'll have too much for, for Cove on Friday or Saturday. Yeah, and, and Noel, I suppose that is a, a big point that Jason made because it's, it's brought me to thinking about what comes after Cove and uh, games, the trio of games that come after that in a short space of time, excuse me, you have Longford Town at home, who I know that you've pipped to be in the playoff positions as well. And then you've got Galway quickly after that on the Monday night, then you've Cork on the Friday after that. So I suppose when you look at it that way, even though people say at the start of the season, you know, three points aren't always vital, this probably is really when you consider those three games that are coming after Cove. Yeah, I think so. And look again, looking back, if, if, if we win last weekend and heading into Cove and looking for nine points, you know, the, the squad will be brimming with confidence. Playing against a, um, a Longford side that, you know, it'll only be their second game and it would have been treated fourth, which is another advantage playing them at home. Um, and we saw it last year, like we, uh, we saw Treaty facing into a couple of tough games like Galway and Shelburne and Cork in quick succession. And they kind of exceeded our expectations in terms of those results. So um, certainly Jason is right. They will be looking at these games um, for three points, particularly the Athlones and the Coves. I think Longford might be a trickier one, but... Um, momentum is huge and if they do get the three points I think it's uh, Longford's first game is Cork um, next weekend and if Cork were to beat them well then they'd be coming to Limerick again under real real pressure um, and if Treaty were to beat them at home well then there'd be nine points clear of them you know with, with more or less the same uh, amount of games played Yeah certainly and I know Jason after the Westford game it, it's, I suppose it's a good way in some ways that some maybe treaty players and, and the manager were a bit critical of the, the defensive display, you know, and said that maybe they gave up too many chances. I suppose when you have, when you look at it now, it takes time for those players to gel the likes of a partnership with Joe Gorman and Sean Gearns because of the fact that Sean Gearns had built up such a report as well with uh, Anthony O'Donnell last year. And then you have, with, but with the likes of Mark Ludden, Charlie Fleming and, and Sean Gearns there, they will be be desperate probably actually to keep a clean sheet, even though it, it seems really picky to say that after the Wexford game, winning 5-1. Yeah, look, going away from home, Adrian, that has to be your, I suppose your first objective is, is to keep it tight at the back and not be shipping chances. But I kind of touched on it last week that it's not necessarily the back four that it's that makeup of that midfield three and the cohesion between them about when the attack is is also vital in, in your defensive setup. You know, you have Callum McNamara in there, who's, I suppose, look, defensively minded, even though he was on the score sheet against Wexford. Mark Walsh is certainly defensive minded. And, and Lee Devitt's similar to Callum in the sense that he can he can offer you both defensive and offensive um, options. So, look, the cohesion there is the key part. And and look, Lee David is new into that into that area, into that unit. So it'll take him time to to get used to Callum's ways and, and to get used to Mark Walsh's ways. But I just felt a couple of times last season, he was always 4-3-3 with Treaty in the sense of the tree in the middle, 
was one sitting, one box to box, and one attacking normally with with Sean McSweeney um, as the the furthest forward and Jack in in the middle of the tree, and then you had a defensive midfielder. But at times they went with two sitting, um, and I wasn't too sure whether that suited the players. So maybe that's something Tommy would look at and and the players would look at. But look on paper, it's a very strong back four, as you said, Mark Ludden and and the two centre backs, and look Charlie Fleming. A little bit inconsistent last year, but I'd have a little bit more belief in him than than Noah maybe. Um, but that'll be important. Look to give Jack Brady the protection. Cove aren't known for being prolific scorers, Adrian. You know they're not. Um, and I think, as I said, if that midfield trio is set up correctly and the communication is right between them, then they should be okay. Yeah, that is an important point, Noel, because I suppose, for instance, this week now you'll have Stephen Christopher back available from suspension who wasn't available in Wexford. The the trio that Jason mentioned, as and he mentioned the setup of them, you know, they obviously are three very defensive orientated players, you'd imagine, on paper anyway, and the way they play. Do you think that Tommy might tinker with the fact of, of maybe playing Stephen Christopher maybe in the Sean McSweeney role of last season and taking out one of those midfielders, or do you think he'll stick to the status quo on Friday? Yeah, I, I would be surprised if he makes any changes to team that that won 5-1 and uh, in fairness they all played well in their own way um, I do think that Jason makes a great point it was a lot easier if if if, if you were playing on that 3D team last year well you know that, Sw- that Sean McSweeney is going to be the number 10 and he's not going to do a whole lot of defensive work you know that before you go out and you kind of naturally say well we let him do his stuff up there and we'll sit in here and make sure we're nice and solid and obviously that certainly didn't happen against Wexford, I, I did spo- uh, speak by, after the game about the fact that they were funneling back, but that obviously meant that they were all maybe too offensive at times and they had to really work hard to get back. So I'm sure that they had a conversation with themselves. They may, they may just ask maybe two, two to sit. I don't know which one it's going to be. To be honest with you, I wouldn't know enough about the players yet, the new players, but um, certainly Mark Walsh would be one for me who definitely would sit and maybe someone else with him, you know, particularly at the start of the game, just to get a foothold in the game and make sure that you don't concede an early goal and and maybe play from there. Yeah, and that brings us on. I know both of you now have said, and I'd be in agreement with you, that I think Treaty will get a, a win in Cove on Friday. And obviously we're hoping for that. Move on to, to the predictions table. I mean, it's obviously looking pretty for Jason O'Connor right now with... Uh, 10 points on the board, a four-point lead from myself with you sandwiched between the middle of us and all on eight points. Uh, so, you know, I know it's early days as, as both of you as, as managers would definitely be professing. Uh, so, but as you say, we'll go on to it now. The, the coupon buster may have been and the, the hope I had was that Cove would hold on for a draw, which I had, but they, they couldn't manage it. Um, this week, there's some very tasty games, it must be said. And we start with yourself, Jason, I suppose, on this one. You have Galway, who are absolutely buzzing now, I suppose, after going to Turner's Cross, winning in front of almost 5,000 supporters. John Caulfield would have been buzzing after the game himself for personal reasons as well. But Galway just getting off to a great start. Ed McCarthy with the goal, a goal that was very similar to the goal he scored against Galway last year in, um, in DC Park. But that was with his head, albeit at the time. Two sides now, absolutely brimming with confidence. Waterford, 100% record. I suppose this has to be one of the first times where it's going to be unbelievably difficult to call. Yeah, it will be difficult to call. Look, obviously, 
Galway were my coupon buster last week. I, I did fancy Cork Todd to be some Cork did dominate possession for, for long periods. But look, we know John Caulfield teams very well set up defensively. Delighted Fred McCarthy. And it just highlights again that the treat you need to look at, I suppose, that, that model that they're, they're working off. Because I don't think, as I said last week, they can continue to, to lose young players with that ability and, and Ed showed it again last week and, and delighted for him. Um, I'm going to go for a draw, Adrian, in this one because Galway have been at home. Um, look, I think it'll be the similar for them. They'll set up really, really defensive. They don't give up lots of, lots of chances. And I don't think they'll be prolific at the other end, but I think Waterford going there, especially after last week's um, series of results, will be happy with a point. Um, that's not saying they're not going to try win the game, but I just have a feeling that that it could end in the stalemate. Yes, no, Connor sitting on the fence trying to consolidate his lead here at the top. No, are you going to go for a brave call and, and then try and close the gap here and, and put faith in one of these teams? I think I am. I think, um, and I, I watched the Galway Cork game last week. Um, it was real, a typical Galway performance, if you like. I touched on the fact of, you know, that little bit of pressure that would come on Cork playing. Playing at home, I didn't believe for a minute there'd be five thousand people at the game. Um, they lost Dylan McGlade, you know, early as well. I think that really disrupted them. And uh, in fairness to Cork, they played very well, created a lot of chances. Connor Kearns made a few excellent saves. You know, I mean, they'd be kicking themselves that they didn't get at least a point out of it. It was a typical smash and, and grab out of Galway. Um, but I think this Waterford team is is very very strong, and. Uh, they certainly won't be going up with any inhibitions. Um, they're on great form as well with two wins. And uh, I think maybe because they might show a little bit more courage than Galway might, even though Galway at home, I'm going to put my head in the block and go for a Waterford win. Yeah, I have myself down for an away win as well here. But, you know, I also had Cork to beat Galway. So if we continue in this vein, Galway might win the league if we're wrong uh, for the whole season. But... To move on today, the next game you have, we're going to move on from the Friday to the Saturday first, actually. I'm going to go for uh, Longford and Cork first, Jason. Longford's first game of the season, actually, in the third round of fixtures. They must be really itching to go. Uh, Cork will as well. Although, look, I suppose it was tampered a bit some way in, in the announcement that Colin Healy will be stepping aside for personal reasons for, for I suppose, a foreseeable future. There's been no timeline set for a return for Colin. And, and obviously, we hope to to see him back sooner rather than later, if that's to be the case. Uh, they'll be taken over now by uh, Declan Coleman, Mark McNulty will be involved there, and Richie Holland as well. Um, I know that two people uh, sitting close to Noel O'Connor there were discussing on Saturday whether it would be uh, O'Connor and Pat Dolan back in the in the Turner's Cross dugout from, back from all those years ago. But anyway, I suppose in terms of predictions, uh, Jason, what do you think will go down, I suppose, in, in the City Calling Stadium? I certainly wouldn't rule out a return of Dolan and, and Noel O'Connor. At this level, Adrian, maybe not with Cork, but I'm sure some club will see the, the value they can offer at this level, and, and it wouldn't surprise me at all to see them return. Um, look, you, you said it there, Longford, um, yet to play a game this season. That's that's a huge disadvantage, especially when you're, you're playing someone like Cork City who have the firepower, who have the quality all over the pitch. And, and look, they'll be bitterly disappointed with, with losing to Galway last week. So they'll be looking to bounce back. And 
and especially with, with Colin Healy's situation, if, if what we're led to believe is true, we wish him well and we wish his family well. Um, but look, I've no doubt, I think it'll be it'll be three points for Cork City, they'll be back to winning ways and it'll be important for them because they'll be looking at the Waterford-Galway game and probably hoping that I'm correct in my, in my prediction there and, and they can claw back a couple of points. So definitely a way of win for me, Adrian. Yeah, I'm going to continue as well, Noel, with away victories uh, for this one, Cork win. Uh, are you going to make this a clean sweep? I will make it a clean sweep, yeah. I think. I don't think it's the Cork of last year. I think they will be, you know, smarting from it um, and they'll be wanting to to show the world, if you like, that that the show goes on um, regardless of what, what happened. It's interesting to point out that John Caulfield wasn't in Turner's Cross either last week because he... He was suspended. I know Colin Healy be away from the dugout for for different reasons, but um, I think that that they'll be you know determined to show that he's nothing to worry about as such, and they can continue to have a good season without him. Yeah, and just to stick with yourself, Noel, for our our last game for the predictions, you have Wexford hosting Athlone Town. Um, you know, probably going to be incredibly difficult for for Athlone. Realistically, Wexford now will probably be bouncing into this game. Uh, with the Dinny Corcoran picking up two goals as well during the week. I know I have decided to go for a home win in this one. What about yourself? Yeah, I'll have to go for a home win. I think you're right. I think it would have been a disaster for Wexford if, if they'd lost last week, um, particularly after the hammering in the first game. They'll certainly be full of confidence. There's obviously goals in, in, in that team. And uh, we haven't really seen a whole lot from Atlone, albeit they've only played one match. But they'll also be a team that you know are still probably a little bit rusty, whereas Wexford will be going into their their third fixture and at home. And uh, I certainly fancy Wexford to pick up the three points. And do you think, Jason, that Atlone can repeat three these feet and score five in Ferry Carrick Park? I do not say it. Then. <laughs> and if they do, they'll they'll be conceding more than five. Um, Wexford very very attacking minded. We've seen that and. They're returning goals now in their first two games and, and they're a breath of fresh air, Adrian. They've they've carried on really, I suppose, from the form they showed at the back end of last season, you know, and Ian Ryan has them as I'm firing. Look, they're not ready yet to be challenging for, for them playoff positions. Um, but I think they'll have too much for that loan and, and I think their firepower will be the difference. And just before we move on to the, the final section of the Predictions for the FAI Junior Cup, or not so much predictions, but previews of the game anyway, Jason. Just, I suppose, Noel, it's kind of gone under the radar, but the Women's National League will start on at the weekend uh, with Treaty, Travendale, or Waves. Um, it's, it's really went under the radar, I suppose. Um, we haven't heard anything in terms of, of new players coming in. We know Donna Reardon is there. Um, yeah, look, diff- difficult to know how it will go. It probably looks like it's going to be a difficult season, though, for, for Treaty and I's senior women's squad. Yeah, I think it is. It's going to be difficult. It certainly was difficult last year. Um, you'd like to think that they will be a bit more defensive-minded and not so open as they were for a lot of games. I saw a good few of the games myself and, you know, a lot of the damage was self-inflicted, I thought, you know. And um, look, I've been involved in women's soccer myself in, in the college side and, and, you know, the kind of dynamics and uh, mentality can be a little bit different, you know, Sometimes it's a big disaster if you go a couple of goals down, you know, after 10 or 15 minutes and, and it's hard to change that mindset. But I think with Don O'Reardon, I think he'd be very steady hand and 
very, very experienced. You know, he's got a lot of experience and um, I think he'll be more, he'll be more pragmatic in terms of, of the setup. Um, I wouldn't expect them to ship as many hammers maybe as, 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 as they did last year. And uh, while I'm not too familiar with the, with the players available, I certainly know that there's obviously talent in the under 19s and under 17s in treaty. Um, I know there's been a bit of upheaval there um, in the last few days, but uh, certainly a lot of good players there. And I'd like to think that those under 17s and under 19s are there for one reason and one reason only, and that's to try and play in, in, in the senior section of the club and play in, in, in the top division in the country. And, you know, they'll certainly learn a lot from, from the likes of, of Don. It's probably more than a, a one-year plan, I hope, but it, it, it certainly will take a bit of time. But uh, I think that ultimately he's certainly the right man to, to guide him into this year. I totally agree with you. There's some serious talent in the under sections, as was seen by under 17s winning the national competition last uh, year. So hopefully they will, you know, play it and get experience at that level. And we wish three United women's team the best of luck on the start of their season. Another three teams we'll be wishing luck, Jason, are Fairview Rangers Regional and Pike Rovers, who are all at home in the last scene of the FEI Junior Cup. We've regional facing Talca Rovers. We have Fairview uh, at home hosting Salt Hill and we've Pike facing Balnestow Town. All two o'clock kickoffs on Sunday afternoon. Um, I suppose, look, if you were to look at it on, on paper, you'd be very hopeful that you see all three going through, uh, <clears throat> Jason. But I know football isn't played on paper. And particularly, I suppose, in the holders, Fairview Rangers, they have a particularly difficult task against uh, Salt Hill on Sunday. I have indeed, Adrian. Look, Salt Hill, a lot of ex-Galway United players in the ranks. Look, local supporters will be familiar with Vinnie Farty, and, and I'm sure he's still a threat at this level. There's no doubt about that. Timmy Malloy in the middle of the park as well for Salt Hill. Very, very good player. And Mikey Fox also alongside him. Real quality, you know, at this level. They also have Aaron Conway, Matt Murray. They both came through the underage system at Galway. I'd be familiar with both and. And they're good players, Adrian. There's no doubt. Look, they'll provide a real test for Jason Purcell's men. But look, Fairview are the favourites again for the competition. They're the holders of, of the Junior Cup. And they're in great form. Comfortable winners last week against Anacotti in the league. Um, and you'd really be looking at them to come out on top. But there won't be much in it, Adrian. And they'll be they'll really need to be at their best. But I'd expect Fairview to come through that. Obviously, you've... Uh... Pike Rovers are going through a bit of a spell by their high standards, Jason. But to be honest with you, I would be expecting to see uh, Robbie Williams' side, you know, respond and get through this weekend. I would as well, Adrian. There's no doubt about that. Look, they'll be hurting from last week's defeat to regional, albeit on penalties. But that's them out of the Munster Junior Cup. And look, Pike Rovers committee supporters as a club, they're used to winning, Adrian, you know. And I think this is. It's a big season for Robbie Williams as manager, you know. Anyone involved in junior football will tell you that Pike are in the hunt for the big three every year. That's the league, the FEI and the Munster Junior. One of them has slipped away now, obviously. <coughs> and look, they might feel that, that if they go out of the FEI as well, that the gap between them and, and Fairview is beginning to grow. They'll be favourites, obviously, there's no doubt about that. But look, Balanus Law, second in the Roscommon League, Two points behind the leaders, Kilkerran. They'll come with a few tricks. You know, Josh McCarthy, he's he's their 
their main threat, I suppose, Liam Lynch is their top scorer and, and Derek and Cannon as well is, is to the fore for them this season. But as I said, Poy can be hurting from last week. They'll want to turn it around. And, and if they have no fresh injury worries, I would expect them to come through it. And I know that Regional United will be full of confidence and fairness. A lot of people expected them to maybe capitulate in some ways when they lost their big three players. But to be fair to Regional, they certainly haven't and, and got a great victory last week. So obviously we hope that all three of those sides can come through and that we'll have more bumper weekends like it will be this weekend at junior football level in Limerick. Uh, my thanks once again to Jason and Noel for joining us this week and giving their expert analysis and hopefully we will be discussing a 3D United victory, obviously, over Cove Ramblers, which will make things very interesting going into a trio of really important fixtures after that. And hopefully you will join us for episode six, which is promises to be another busy show next week. Thank you.